0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision.
1: My team, Kanda Power. I love the power. power, power. I love the
0: power. power, power. Hi everyone, and 19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast on Port Fan Radio. Joining me as always, we got uh Fishing Rick. How are you, mate?
1: You blew my eardrum <laughs> out. I think I'm deaf. What's going on there? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I was just sort of laying here waiting for you to start and uh, I think I was drifting off the next minute uh, I've got this big loud intro blowing my eardrum out, but that's good. I need to wake awesome. up. I'm sort of that's a bit flat after yesterday.
0: Yes, very disappointing, wasn't it?
1: <sighs> yes, a bit of an understatement, but there's mm. always next week.
0: There is. There's always next year as well. And look... Uh, <laughs> For the first time on the podcast, we are speaking with St. Chris. How are you, mate?
2: Very well, thanks, guys. How are you?
0: Very well. Welcome aboard.
1: Thank you very much. where's the upload? How come it's not on iTunes yet?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. We thought we'd bring him on to stop stop the complaints this week.
2: I'll still complain tomorrow morning.
0: No doubt, because I'll still probably forget to do the, (laughs) the RSS feed. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. It's just yeah, it's I good. need something to listen to on the train and uh, I hate using my mobile data up, so. Ah, fair enough.
0: Fair enough, too. Well, look, uh, as it's your first time on the podcast, can you give us a bit of a, a history of your port-supporting background, mate?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, not uh, anything too exciting. You know, I grew up in the, in the southern suburbs in a, in a non-traditional Port Adelaide home, um, Dad being a, a Nord fan. Mum being a Woodville, uh, yeah, Woodville, Woodpeckers or Warriors fan, um, and we weren't one of those uh, families that would go to the footy, but we, you know, always watched on TV. Uh, fortunately, my two older brothers were uh, uh, drawn into the Maggies uh, by their neighbours, who were, you know, a uh, family next door who, who were quite rapid Port Adelaide fans. So. Um, I got sucked into that as well, which was great, because um, it would have probably been me following South or Glenelg or one of those other teams. Um, So, uh, yep, always been a a Maggie's fan since I was young. Um, Only I sort of got to going to uh, games in person when uh, Port joined the AFL. So always gone to a couple of games a year until until this year, I thought, along with my brother Alex. Uh, who you've uh, probably seen on the forums and on the Twitter. Um, yep. we both uh, signed up for memberships, so we're trying to get to as many games as I can now.
1: Nice work. So what, Look did you everyone, boys, uh... um, what did you guys think of uh, the new haircut from Jasper, by the way? I didn't Pretty see Pretty
0: ordinary, it. to be honest.
1: I couldn't it was tell. Was it in between, cut? He sort of trimmed it, it but didn't commit, and it's sort of like... Waste of time. Fifty-year-old woman. Fifty-year-old woman's perm. I was thinking, what the hell's going on here? Just
2: <laughs> cut it.
1: I, it. I now got to look it up. I, I hadn't.
2: I couldn't tell from up where we were, so um I just what is he? Number twenty-nine. Yeah. yeah. I just look. Is... I can. I can tell it's. I can tell Jasper because he's he's dodging players that aren't there, and he's. um I don't look for his haircut now.
1: uh I'd like if anyone's listening, I'd like to tweet in with an opinion on what they thought of Jasper's hairy. Obviously. Uh, He took Ken's advice, but he didn't take it all the way, and he only did a half-assed effort of cutting it. Is there a photo of him somewhere? No, there's probably
0: one up on uh, AFL photos. I'm sure there'd be a shot of him.
1: I'll have a look later.
0: Yeah, as we said, uh, send in your tweets to hashtag PortFanRadio. We want to know whether we want to, uh, or whether we're going to actually make and impact the finals from here this year. Or is it time to bring out the nails and and seal (laughs) shut the coffin that is uh, season 2015?
1: I'm interested to hear the opinions, too. Mm. Well,
0: look, let's do our love and hate, which is one thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide this week. Um, Rick, mate, I might start with you.
1: I love the crowd, Macca. I I was excited. I was a bit of a pessimist with the crowd. I thought maybe only 38,000 would show. I I was really reluctant in thinking... um, we would get a good crowd figure because I didn't think Richmond was going to travel too well because of the time slot, and yep. um, and I thought uh, it might be a bit of a tough crowd for our crowd as well. And but the, we've been pretty resilient this year and pretty resilient with the Sunday afternoon um, uh, time slot as well. So I was uh, I was really impressed uh, with what we delivered there, and uh, uh, the crowd should be. Quite, or the people that attended should be quite proud of themselves. Which sort of segues straight into my hate, which is the um, the pessimism of our supporter base. I think I can't believe what 2008 and to 2012 has actually done um, to the psyche of us as a supporter group. Because post game, you know, supporters already joking around or saying, "Oh, shit, we're going to have to bring out the tarps and everything else." You know, I mean, I don't see why we would be so pessimistic about that our crowd numbers have been fantastic and we're going through a bit of a dip but geez people we need to lighten up a little bit and uh, and just keep positive and uh, support the team and it will turn
0: that's it there's a lot of doomsdays at the moment and it's uh, doing my head in a little bit uh, you've got to keep the faith and hopefully the wheel will turn back in our favor sometime this year
1: absolutely
0: we got a tweet uh, from Nicholas Teal who said, uh, what happened to his headband? That was his trademark, obviously <laughs> talking about Jasper.
1: Well, he doesn't need it anymore because he's cut his hair. He's mm. got like a bloody half-hearted bowl cut or something going on.
0: wasn't pretty. It was pretty ugly.
1: I might have to text him and go, Jasper, what's going on with your hair, man?
0: What is happening? What is going on here? Well, look, Our
1: Chris, late. what
2: was your uh, what was your love and hate, mate?
1: Um, Rick just stole my
2: thunder. Um, my love was the fact <laughs> Well, my love was to do with the, the crowd and um, I don't mind a Twilight game if it's going to be on a nice Sunday. Um, but I took my, my 11-year-old daughter to the first game of footy she's ever seen. Um, and this is a girl that would rather see, you know, Taylor Swift or, I don't know, unicorns or something like that. So she was not keen yeah. on really going. Um, but She decided she'd come along and uh, by all accounts, she absolutely loved it. So um, being a, being a you know, fairly good full house just about you know for a for a port game it was pretty pretty good crowd um, she's she soaked in the atmosphere she uh, went and got herself a, a port Adelaide cap which she was keen to wear um, got a photo taken next to Robbie gray's cutout in the uh, in the game day village nice uh, yeah so so it was good to it was good just to see a little bit of Watching the game through her eyes and from her perspective, and uh,
1: made made me uh, enjoy a pretty ordinary game of football slightly more. No doubt. Well, our crowd didn't actually do us any favours with the um, with not getting Sunday games because if we keep pulling forty five thousand on a Sunday, are they? They'll they'll keep giving them to us. And I was actually saying to Macker um, yesterday that I got a bit of a theory that really the the Sunday late game should be involving two Victorian sides like the Melbourne Bulldogs game yesterday because no team has to travel and uh, so it makes it a bit more convenient for supporters uh, to get to the game but obviously it's nothing to do with supporters and it's all about uh, TV ratings apparently.
0: Absolutely. I mean the the Sunday Twilight time slot uh, was a massive failure last year in Victoria so... I doubt we'll see, um, you know, too many Victorian teams uh, getting that time slot again. To be honest.
1: Yeah, but was it a failure with the ratings, or was it a failure just with the attendances? That's the million-dollar question.
0: No, I think all of the above. I think. Right. But you never know. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Mm. And uh, Chris, what was your hate, mate?
2: Um, lots to hate, but I'll pick. Um... <sighs> Just, what do I hate? What do I hate more, I hate having Carlton every second Friday night, <laughs> and you, you you watch them lose. So I mean, I don't watch Friday night footy now. So that's that's the end of that. While um, on the Saturday night, there's you know two top six teams playing off in in decent games of football. Um, the other, yeah, hate it's not right, is it? No, the other hate I have is I just hate losing to Richmond, and I hate that I've had the eye of the tiger by Katy Perry stuck in my head all day long but um, yeah.
1: <laughs> for no hey, reason I'd rather lose I'd rather lose to Richmond now than in the finals yeah well that's a shame. make the finals
0: I'd prefer to make the finals and then uh, see who we face <laughs> and then decide if I want to lose or not to be honest <laughs> that's, uh, yeah that's it well, look, we've had a few tweets in already. Um, Nicholas Teal again says, uh, We're on the up and up. I can't see us losing anymore until we get past the buy round, which is uh, very confident there. I love that. And good old Porsche has uh, tweeted in a couple of Porsche. tweets. Um, the first one says, uh, When do we get key position forwards? Which is a fair question. And the second one was uh, in response to Chris uh, If I could choose between seeing unicorns or port lose, I would definitely pick unicorns. <laughs>
1: And another <laughs> unicorn lover.
0: <laughs> love it. Look, my love uh, this week has to be the RAA Lounge. We, uh, we were in there yesterday, Rick, um, with Andre we and Nick, uh, the, the two competition winners. Yes. And uh, look, I had a fantastic time. It's a brilliant setup they've got there. You've got a bird's eye view of the stadium from the northwestern pocket. There's a constant stream of food coming out, um, which was very good. Very good food um, for catering food. Um, drinks available, all game. It was a brilliant setup. You got a great view of the ground. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to be going back to that. If I could choose between that and the locker room, if you could take out the uh, the actual seeing, you know, the players train before the game element, I think the RAA lounge wins hands down.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the RAA lounge. I uh, I think the locker room's good for the novel experience. I've seen it once, but I think repeat. And I think the seats of the locker room really uh, uh, let it down overall. And But, yeah, hospitality-wise in the lounge, it's fantastic. They're, you know, there It's not like they're trying to uh, slow burn the drinks. They've got drinks on hand 20, 24-7, haven't they?
0: Yeah, basically, they. Uh, as soon as you finish one, there's another one that pops up in your hand. <laughs> they bring them <laughs> yeah. around. It's fantastic.
1: And it, and it helps numb <laughs> the pain of losing.
0: It certainly does. As it did yesterday.
1: And what did your hate mean?
0: My hate is our goal kicking. Once again, it's our goal kicking. You know it's a bugbear of mine. I've spoken about it numerous times on this podcast over the last 18 months. And look, I've got some stats. In our winning streak last year, we kicked um, 181 goals and 137 behind. So 56% we kicked at. Since the Sydney loss last year, we've kicked at 48%. And look, in losses in that time, we've kicked at 43%. So I just want to know what's actually going wrong here. You know, when was the last time Schultz kicked a goal to, you know, get us back into a game? You know, Wingard missed a sitter that, you know, he just had to eat up as well. And, you know, we've just got a heap of players. who can't kick the crucial goal to help change the game back in our favour at the moment. And, you know, to be frank, it's probably not good enough.
1: Yes, I, uh, I've always felt that we have a few players that don't like kicking goals or can't kick goals in the crunch moments. Um, Schultz has shown a weakness every now and again Westoff's another, is another um, and even a little bit of Robbie Gray but I thought he's come good with that now um, but I guess I did say I wonder if Schultz has got an injury that he's getting a jab for and maybe that's causing a bit of a, a desensitisation issue for him I'm only trying to think outside the square here but he did roll his ankle pretty badly um, two weeks ago, and he hasn't really been 100% right. So I don't even know if that can be an issue with the jabs and numbness or whatever, but it's the only thing I can think that's explainable because generally he's a pretty body good kick. Mm. I think it might be
2: mental. I don't know. It just seemed like... Uh, I think it is mental. Uh, even even uh, he had two, wasn't it? And uh, Wingard had one which just... You know, when they're not under pressure, when you're 10 goals up... He would have slowed them I'm, through. I
1: thought, but. I'm happy to cut Wingard some slack because he's pretty reliable and he's a very good kick. So uh, it's not and often he does that he'll... stuff
2: in the midfield as well. So he's yeah. he's, not, he's not just meant for kicking goals, but
1: no. Yeah. So he doesn't fluff it very often. But um, I don't know if you if you had Mumfries and uh, Westhoff kicking for your life, would you be overly confident? <laughs> no, Mumfries, yes. Really. Yep. I reckon he's I think a little he's, bit I
0: shaky. Think he's, no, I reckon he's proven in the last, uh, well, certainly since the start of 2014 that he's uh, quite reliable. And, you know, when we're under pressure, he seems to be just about the only forward we've got that actually stands up and does slot those uh, important goals.
1: Right. There you go. Maybe my perception's a little bit uh, different to reality. Oh, I, I just thought he was a little bit shaky as well.
0: No, I I just think uh I think back to the, the losses we've had and he always seems to kick a goal at, at an important time and you know get us back into the game but we don't follow through. So I don't know. Mm. I think with Monfries, he almost performs better in our losses than he does in our wins.
1: Mm. And going back to uh Porsche saying on the forward debate, it's unless you're getting the number one or two or three pick, it's pretty hard to get a key forward, isn't it? Hmm. Well, we've
0: got quite a few on our list. Um, a lot of young guys, and you know, none of them have really played a game yet, except for Butcher. But you know, I guess that's the uh, issue we've got. I mean, in terms of our premiership window, when do you see it being open until? Because at the moment, we've got Schultz and Westhoff and, and Ryder and pretty much nothing underneath, with which we can have any sort of confidence going forward.
2: I don't count Westhoff as being a... Uh... A key position forward or anything like that at the moment he's not he's not uh, I don't know, he's the one that I'm most disappointed with
1: yeah but is that West fault or is it what they're asking him to do i mean in the Ooh. first quarter we had for the bulk of the first quarter we had um even before Richmond was in on top we had chad coming off the half back flank and West off on the half back line as well two of our yeah. um key forwards. We're in the defensive aspect of our ground before we even uh, were getting beaten. It was it was very strange. But, I mean, Westhoff can be a forward if they choose to play him as a forward. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's only taken six marks inside 50 so far this year, so he certainly hasn't been spending a lot of time in the goal-scoring range, I guess you'd say. But um, mm. I don't know. I mean, that, that's probably our biggest question mark going forward. And, and I know I remember back a couple of years we did that big sort of... Um, thing on the podcast where we were sort of predicting when our premiership window would open, and we said, well, it probably won't open until another two years away, which is now. Um, but that was obviously with the thought that, um, you know, Mason Shaw or Johnny Butcher would have come on and, and become a bit more of a reliable forward. You know, Shaw hasn't had a chance yet. Neither has Harvey, neither has um, Howard. Um, you know, we've got some kids there, and, you know, we've got to have our fingers crossed that one of these guys um, does stand up and, and does deliver.
1: I'm not convinced. Uh, Only because the star forwards sort of at that level would influence the game significantly quite often already and our boys aren't really doing that. So I think we might have a few players there that could become uh, serviceable forwards but I don't know about star forwards. I think the only way we're going to, to be able to do it is either tank till we get a bottom pick or um, we're going to just have to do a super trade, which most people are, are reluctant to do. You know, I mean, when we were in our trough, you know, we were talking about trading uh, uh, someone like a Westhoff or a, or a Hamish Hartlett to try and get that superstar forward. It's, uh, but most people were against it. I, I wonder, uh, you know, if our form continues on like this year, if that might be different. But then we need a forward structure as well, don't we? <laughs>
0: Well, look, let's uh, let's go on and talk about the game yesterday. Obviously, it was a, another week, another disappointing loss with uh, Richmond running out easy winners. Five, um, Sorry, 11 goals, 10 to 5 goals, 13. So they won by 33 points. Gus Monfries and Chad Wingard kicked two goals each. Rich, do you want to give us a, a brief overview of the result?
1: Yeah, well, um, got to the game about an hour early and started drinking uh, uh, Crowns, but I didn't like the Crowns, so... I switched to Peroni, and uh, yep. after about the fourth Peroni, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. things looked really bright, and I was I was quite optimistic about the outcome. And then uh, then the first quarter came, and uh, I don't know what happened. It started becoming a bit of a blur. It uh, no, but seriously, we uh, I don't know. I thought the first couple of minutes we seemed to be switched on, and we sort of were were dominating a bit of the play. And then uh, and then after that, it uh, just sort of went all downhill. Where um, Richmond followed the template which has been working for the other teams this year which was to um, pressure the players that were part of a part of our transitional switch uh, sequence nice and deep and then they uh, and then they sagged extra numbers behind the ball and uh, and we obviously really struggled with that uh, situation for the majority of the game we uh, we struggled to uh, to get any switch play going find players with space and Uh, How often uh, were we kicking the ball long with no forward players and we were just kicking the touch or in the space? And um, as i said in the blog that I wrote today, and I think it's been pointed out by a couple of other people such as Janus as well, um, the Frio game was probably the best um, game for us where we played a game plan against these defensive sides where we did actually play the possession game plan and we played it quite well. However, we seem to have abandoned that game plan now and we just sort of be, seem to be panicking and, and just sort of rushing our decision-making. And I think if we compare ourselves to the best team in the competition, which is Hawthorne, uh, over the last few years, when they play these ultra-defensive sides, they'll maintain the possession of the ball and, uh, and even if it's for a five-minute period and they'll keep switching the play, finding the short passes and uh, trying to suck the players back up to, us, uh, to the team. And then... And until they pinpoint a pass inside the forward 50, whereas we, we just seemed to be bombing it long, panicking when we did have that opportunity and, uh, and how forwards were being outnumbered. And, and then obviously with their crummers, they were able to run the ball out nice and easy and conveniently into space and, uh, and we just didn't have the structure. Uh, I firmly was the opinion of that it was Michael Voss until last week, but after this week's play, I don't think it's Michael Voss. I think it's the coaches all in general. I think they're being outcoached a little bit. And, uh, and part of me thinks this is why Ken's willing to trust his players so much uh, because I, I think that Ken maybe realises that the game plan needs a bit of tweaking as well.
0: Yep, that's fair enough. Now look, statistically, we did a, a very good job. I mean, you look at the stats page and, you know, we won the disposals, we dominated uncontested possessions, won the clearances, we had 10 more inside 50s, double the hitouts. You know, where did it go wrong?
1: We panicked. Panic. yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Nick was in the with the, in the lounge with us, and he was getting angry because we weren't using the first first give all the time. We we would seem to be flicking back or looking for the perfect pass, and and we weren't using uh, our instinct play. And uh, uh, probably our best goal for the night, which was from a, a fantastic outlet handball from Wingard in a pack situation, through to a Momfries who then did a quick kick. That's probably. That's our style of play. The reflex give, the quick disposal, the quick decision and, uh, and quick ball movement. And, uh, but we seem to be getting the ball, stopping, hesitating, then looking back for a uh, behind-the-play backward outlet pass, which doesn't seem to be there that, that often this year. And, and then the players are sort of rushed and I think that's what's causing the, uh, the differential where we're getting that excessive amount of handballs to, to kick ratio. Does that I make mean, sense? I, I
0: thought we had. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, I, I thought we had periods of play where we we dominated in the open play, but just you know, we've spoken about on the forum a lot where you know we, we want sort of deep inside fifties, but we're just not getting them. And I mean, you look at the sort of uh, the second and third quarters yesterday, and you know, we actually had quite a lot of the ball, and I think we had thirty-two inside fifties to fourteen in those two quarters, and we managed to cut the margin by six points in that time, and. Mm. You know, if you're having that much dominance in open play, you, you've just got to be kicking goals and, and getting yourself back into the game after a poor first quarter.
1: It's interesting because it's the inverse to what was happening to us with our victories wasn't it? Where we were mm. uh, having the lesser amount of inside fifties uh, but we were getting the result and we were sort of doing something similar in those wins where we were sweating back and with extra numbers trying to get the uh, the forward run and and uh, these guys are doing it to us now.
0: Yeah. I mean, we kept Richmond to five inside 50s and we kept them scoreless in the third quarter. And you think you think normally if that happens at your own home ground, you're going to be piling on the goals. But, you know, we managed one goal four for the quarter and, you know, just couldn't get ourselves back in the game.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of those inside 50s of ours, which, uh, you know, running on and, and bombing the ball to, to no one in particular in the forward line and... And I think it was just lack of composure because there were there were targets there, they just weren't where we were kicking him. Yeah, there was a few times where where it was just you know if they just dropped their eyes and and saw someone twenty meters away, not not you know out on a, in the a, in the pocket, and and those kicks to touch which are just sort of I don't know two thousand and five Choco horrible plays where you, you just would be goes to no one, and then Richmond rebound.
0: No, that's right. There was certainly, uh, I remember, probably four or five occasions where we had a player sort of 25 metres out directly in front of goal waving their arms around saying, kick it to me. But, you know, we just kicked it deep into the pocket and the ball went out of bounds. And, you know, it sort of deflates when you see a player that open that you would have hoped would have kicked a goal from there. I'm not saying it's a definite, but you would have hoped so. But... Um, yeah, and we just weren't able to get the ball to them and and weren't able to see those sort of players in that situation, so I don't know, it it seems like we're I don't know if we're being forced to play down the wings and into the pockets, but we we certainly seem to love playing um, down the flanks and and down the wings and the pockets this year, and as you said it's very much reminiscent of um, sort of latter era um, Choco, where we just sort of bombed it into the pocket and and hoped for a a ball up or or a throw in so that our rucks could do their business, but yeah, we don't have dominant rucks at the moment, and they're not able to get the ball um, effectively to, um, to their midfielders. And I know the stats say different, but even though we, we had double the hitouts, I thought uh, Maric absolutely dominated the play yesterday.
1: Did you find out what the hitouts to advantage were?
0: No. No.
1: Bloody hell, Macker. I Jeez, have let the that. team down again. You've let the team down again. <laughs> but I'm with you. That, it didn't seem to be that noticeable, the, the Ruck influence in that regard. I think Ryder, Ryder did okay, but uh, Lovie
2: just didn't didn't seem to get near it. I don't know. Or he'd get near it, but
1: we'd still fall Richmond's way. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's just like you said, Backer. we're still... It's hard because we're getting the stats. So, like, we the stats show that we're in the game, but we're not in the game at the same time. So, it's uh, it's really weird. And I, I keep going back to this uh, meters game. We, you know, it's it's captivating me this that statistic because again we're lo- we losing it, and it's um, and there seems to be a bit of a correlation there. So I don't know what the correlation is. Uh, I'll work it out before I kick the bucket. I'm sure, but um, yeah, we—it's uh, there's I reckon there's something in it, and I, yeah, it's. But look, it's a bit of doom and gloom, but I, I am optimistic. I think we're going to lose to Melbourne this week, but then I think it's <laughs> get, but I I think it's going to open up for us. That's optimism uh, for you. <laughs> well, it is because I do think that we're going to lose to Melbourne because they're going to be another defensively minded team. And uh, I don't think we're going to be out I don't think we've worked out the secret yet, and uh, but then I think it opens up for us because bulldogs are attacking um, Geelong's attacking um, and then Carlton and uh, and even Collingwood. I, and I think we'll be out of those teams will open up more to our game style, and uh, I think our confidence will come back when we start playing those teams.
2: Yeah, we do get dragged down by those uh, lousy teams like Melbourne. And Rich, well Richmond, and uh, hopefully not Carlton in the future. But I don't, I don't think we'll bottom out. I think hopefully this is the lowest we go. But I think I'm just
1: trying to remain positive. So how how's the loss of Trango uh, going to affect us? I'm assuming that he's probably going to be out this week. Um, it's gonna, it's a bad thing, obviously, but. Is it an opportunity for the coaches maybe to bring in an extra small and and get rid of that tall small imbalance that people are talking about while he's injured?
0: I think Brody will come straight back in and replace yeah. him. I think um, I think they'll go with a, a defensive setup of Carlisle Hompch and Jonas as the three uh, key defenders and uh, and then we'll have Brody cracker um, and Impey sort of supporting them as the flankers.
1: Did I read today that Cracker was injured and that's why he came off the ground?
0: Apparently he had a foot injury. I heard that on the radio last night, but um, but uh, Kenny didn't say anything in his press conference about it.
1: Right. So, yeah, uh, so Trengo's got a foot injury. Pollock's got a foot injury. Cracker potentially has a foot injury. Um, Matty White's got a foot slash ankle injury. Is there something going on here?
0: Look, we've had a few tweets. Um, Porsche is, uh, has tweeted in again, um, and has said our game plan is based on forcing fast decisions from opponents by moving the ball quickly. When they catch on, it falters, and um, this is why we are bombing it long because the players can't see anything visible to end the chain, so bad play happens. Um, this is the sort of de- derived uh, from West Coast West Coast offense, uh, which goes or a series of short gains to disrupt defense. Um, The downside for us is that the NFL uses set plays, whereas we seem to be madly inventing as we go along, which is okay for some, but not for all.
1: How'd she get that in one tweet?
0: No, it was across about seven, so... Oh.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, she's amazing. How'd you get it all in one? That's
0: it. And look, Mark Stefanoff has also uh, tweeted in and said, so first we were complacent and overconfident. Now we have no confidence. Was the Hawks' first quarter the right place?
1: Was the first yeah, it was the, right the Hawks first quarter the right place? Mm. What does that mean?
2: For the right level of confidence.
1: I think it's a really weird one. I, I do think that um, I was banging on um, at the start of the year, Macker would probably remember about the challenge is going to be for us handling expectation and um, yeah. as a club as well as a playing group. And I, I don't think well, it's starting to show that we're not handling expectation at all uh, very well. Um, You know, the supporters are are doing well, um, but the players uh, and the coaches uh, aren't delivering. And we are playing like a team that seems to be constricted by pressure. Uh, Our flair and creativity has gone. And um, maybe they are feeling the, the burden of pressure and, and the problem is because we've had so much love from the media as well, and and all the media has finally got on board and and touted us as a as a flag fancy. Um, we've really uh, we've caused them to lose face, so the media is sort of going to backlash with us now quite aggressively because uh, they've all tried to support us and uh, and we've made them look silly. So uh, it's it's quite an interesting uh, set of events, but like we've just said, it's it's not too late to turn it around and you know I guess the boys need to work harder and that's one thing I guess I took out of the Richmond game the Richmond players did seem to look like they were running a lot harder for space than what the Port boys were
0: yeah no doubt
1: now, I was. Yeah. I, it, Richmond had the numbers and I was trying to see where our boys were and um, yeah whose phone's breaking up mine
0: probably all of the above
1: I'll shut up so Chris can talk. No, it's okay. Um,
2: I've lost my train of thought now.
1: Sorry, I've got a habit of no, doing that. No,
2: yeah, it's okay. Pretty much what you said, Rick. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I've come here, just everything I think. Rick, Rick is just uh, one step ahead of me. No, I, 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 do, I think it's mental. I think that we all... I mean, I expected that, you know, expected a top two finish this year and... And the media's puffed them up and we've puffed them up and, and you know, they've gone and let themselves down and and uh, you only need to lose a few games to then rock your confidence and I think that's what's happened. Yeah. Second Look, let's guessing Let's talk every about some guess.
0: of the players. Let's talk about some of the players that might be struggling a little bit at the moment. Um, Hamish Harlan, I mean, again, he had 21 touches, five tackles, you know, a couple of clearances and... I don't know, are we being a bit too harsh on Hamish Hartlett? Because for me, once again, I can't remember much of what he did that was positive on the ground. Um, I think it was said on the TV broadcast late in the last quarter that he was kicking at 29% throughout the game. So, obviously, that's well down on what we expect from Hammer.
2: I can't say I even noticed him out there, um, except when there was a bit of a push and a shove, and he was in the midst of that, which is which is probably what he's good for at the moment, but... No, I didn't see much of him at all.
1: Well, that's the problem yeah. with Hamish. She, and that's been probably the problem with the bulk of his career. He, he, he's got the goods, but you don't seem to see it. And I don't know if it's just the the role that he's being asked to play, or um, or he's just that good that you know average is just not noticeable. I don't, I don't know, but it is a a bit of an anomaly and. Uh, yeah, I mean I love what Hamish represents as a player and, and what he has the potential to deliver but um, you know, he should be able to have Robbie Gray effect on a game, every game, that he, he's that good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I agree with that but he is struggling at the moment. Um, I don't know, do you see him possibly going out of the side this week?
1: No, I don't think so. No. I'll keep him in. Yeah, I just I can't see
2: the benefit. No, I think he's got uh, a long way to fall before he's before he's that. He's on that list, or he's off the list. Yeah.
0: yeah, can Tommy Jonas count his blessings that uh, Jackson Trengove got injured this week?
1: Yes, I'd written that down. <laughs> lucky, lucky for Jonas. Well, is that enough? I mean. Um, could Paul Stewart potentially replace Jonas because he does seem to be in shocking form?
0: Yeah, look, he's certainly not the player that we've known and, and grown to love over the last couple of years. But if Trent goes out, if Cracker is suffering from a foot injury and could possibly be out, I don't think it's a wise move to uh, to also drop Jonas um, and change half of our defence in the one week. I just don't think that's a great idea. Uh, for team structure and, and, and game plan and that sort of thing, so I think he is uh, he will be uh, counting his blessings this week because you know he just hasn't had any sort of impact in the last three or four weeks at all.
1: Mm. well I've got one for you and it's not but it's not a player one. Um, and I brought this up the other week when I said we need a bit more physicality and grunt, but and I know Ford's very angry about it, but who's flying the flag? Dylan Grimes gets a 1000 bucks for pushing an injured player when he's on the ground and none of our players go over and support our bloody injured player. What's yeah, going on we there? We saw
0: that lie that ha- that happened right in front of us, didn't it, Rick? And, um, it did. I don't know. I mean, it, it was just bizarre. I mean, I'm sure there would have been three or four port players who were staring ex- right at that spot and saw it happen and just chose not to do anything about it. I mean, he ran directly past Schultz, and I was expecting Schultz to sort of knock him on his uh, knock him on his ass a bit, but nothing. You know, none none of our players gave him anything, and that's just not the Port Adelaide that we've grown to love. I mean, that's not the Port Adelaide of last year. I mean, if that happened last year, he would have uh, you know, he would have been on the ground, and there would have been a bit of a melee. But you know, it just didn't happen, and that pretty much sums up. You know, certainly yesterday, and pretty much all of our year. Mm.
1: Yeah, you would. You would have hate to have done something like that with a, a Chad Corns or a Byron Pickett or a, a Warren Treadray or even a Josh Franco around or a Damian Hardwick um, or Josh Carr. Um, I don't think they would have tolerated that sort of uh, behaviour.
0: God, no. I mean, and as I said, even last year, someone would have knocked him over and that would have been it, you know? And don't do it yeah. again. <laughs> and, and then he wouldn't yeah. have done it again. But they had, a, they had a big sort of mental victory with that, I felt.
1: Mm. But I mean, what sort of flog isn't he? I mean, the guys, <laughs> the guys on the ground, like almost unconscious for a little bit there, and days, and he's trying to get his shit together. And what's he trying to accomplish? By uh, <laughs> I hope Jack, I hope Jackson puts that in the memory bank for next time they play, um, and I'm sure he yeah. will because uh, I don't think he'd be too impressed by that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Look, Maddie Lobe, where's he at? Um, he really struggled in the ruck yesterday, and, and just isn't giving us enough around the ground at all.
2: no it's just a, I don't know, is he still is he coming still um, suffering from the injury that he had earlier on I don't, I don't know he just seems to be flat can he jump even
0: i think he's jumping and look the stats say that he's getting plenty of hitouts but i think um, the influence that he's having with those hitouts is uh, is minimal and he's just not providing us anything at all and i think someone on the forum said that um we need to we need to stop playing him up forward when he's having a rest because he's just not giving us anything at all and you know i've been a, you know his lack of marking has been a bugbear of mine for a long time and you know it just hasn't improved as the years have gone
1: on yeah he's a bit symptomatic of the whole side isn't he he um it's just sort of a bit vanilla at the moment, and uh, I guess that's probably a little bit insulting to the the players that I'm making that reference to. And I guess I hope it. I hope you know that sort of comment is insulting to them. But that's that's the sort of passion they're exuding, isn't it? They're um, they are a bit vanilla at this point in time. And I guess Matt Lowry's strength was not the ruck as much, but it was his follow up ground ball play, wasn't it? being able to keep the ball in the contest and lock it in and, and allow our midfielders uh, to get the ball out a bit what Shane Mumford's doing now to uh, for GWS just smashing their the opposition midfielders trapping it in and letting their midfielders run it out and um, Manny just doesn't seem to be having that uh, effect at this point in time mm.
0: well, look he had ten tackles and he's always up there in the tackle stat and you know that's probably the best part of his game at the moment is that he does lock the ball in but you know, we need more from from Matty Loby. You know, at his best, he's a he's a very good ruckman, and you know, there was a time where he was very, very good around the ground. But um, you know, it's just not happening happening for him at the moment. Um, Sam Gray, how do we see his game? Did he sort of justify his selection?
1: Be careful here, boys. Um, he probably justified his selection,
2: but he hasn't justified his reselection.
1: I think. Yeah. Is I'm it a bit sure. unfair? to judge Sam harshly in one game where we had no forward structure whatsoever. Um, yeah, it was. he's almost a bit like Cam O'Shea where he's, he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing um, with the role that he was given. But um, I probably would have liked to have seen his tackle stick and uh, be a little bit stronger with that component of his game. That's probably... That's probably the real uh, downside to his performance on uh, on Sunday night. But uh, outside of that, there's um, there's not much. The counter-argument that was uh, Angus Mumfries, the other forward pocket who I thought, especially in the first half, was uh, fantastic and probably one of our uh, better forwards along with Chad Wingard.
0: Yeah. Look, I thought Sam Gray had a good first quarter. I thought he laid a couple of crunching tackles and was getting involved. But um, I, to be honest, I didn't notice a single thing that he did after quarter time and forgot he was even out there. But you know, I think it's it's harsh the criticism that guys like him and Kane Mitchell and you know Camo Shay in the past cop. I mean, they they seem to cop a, a hell of a lot of criticism on social media and on Big Footy in the forums and. I don't. I don't think it's at all justified. I mean, you know, these guys are selected as you know the twenty first or twenty second player playing at the time, and you know when when our star players are letting us down, when our bread and butter isn't there, um, it's hard to be so critical of, of the guys on the fringe that are coming in and, and are almost on a bit of a hiding to nothing.
1: All right, I've got one for you, Alipate Carlyle. The Bob well, that was Meister. probably.
0: It was probably his worst game since 2011, but I'm not going to be critical of him because before this week he was probably in All-Australian form. So, you know, he's, he's had one down game for the year and, you know, it just wasn't a great matchup for him and he just seemed to always be trailing Jack Rewald and I'm pretty disappointed that the, the coaching staff didn't seem to really change that matchup up at all. I mean, it, I would have thought Homsch would have been a, a more natural sort of matchup for him and I know Homsch was dominating sort of floating about as the as the spare defender um and also had a good game on griffiths as well but i don't know i mean rewalt sort of destroyed us up forward
2: you just seem to be out of position all the time
1: yeah it's one thing to um to look like you're defending but yes you have to sort of defend but i'm with you macky he's had a great year until uh until his injury and uh Pretty much a tough game, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fights back against uh, Hogan. It's going to be a tough week this week with uh, Hogan and and Vanderberg and uh, uh, Dawes up forward for the Melbourne side. So he's going to have his work cut out, especially if his best mate's not playing.
0: Mm. Mm. No, very true. And look, let's talk about the best players, because there were a couple of players that do deserve to be mentioned. And look, Robbie Gray was probably... Um, right up there with the best on ground. He had another 12 clearances. And, you know, he just can't stop getting the ball at the at the stoppages. I mean, I, I, I'm just not sure what it is that he's got that, uh, that very few other players have. But his ability to read the play, you know, whether it's to a winning tap or a losing tap is just phenomenal.
2: Yeah, he was uh, back to his good old superstar self, I think. Finding, finding the ball, finding space, hitting, hitting targets generally.
1: He's sort of lacking the, uh, the recognition this year, I guess, isn't he, because of our overall team performance. But um, I guess the question mark was, was he going to deliver on last year's form this year? And he's one of our uh, only players that can probably hold their he- head high consistently for the whole year.
0: No doubt. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, look, I guess um, I'm not sure how the how the rest of the AFL world have seen his year. I, I guess they probably think he's been a little bit down, but you know, for a player that's playing as a pure midfielder this year, he hasn't really spent any sort of significant time up forward. I, th- I think he's just absolutely dominated in the in the midfield, and he's doing all the tough stuff. He's consistently getting double figures in, the, in clearances, and you know, almost that in uh, in tackles as well. And I think it's a it's a fair stat that I think last year he took forty marks inside fifty. Uh, so far this year he's only taken four, so he's certainly not spending that time up forward. And I, and I guess that's um, what made him so fantastic last year was that he was still getting those sort of twenty five to thirty touches, but also kicking two or three goals a week. He hasn't had the opportunity to do that so far this year, but um, you know he's probably he's probably in front of our best and fairest at the moment. I reckon.
1: So who was your uh, second bog?
0: Struggling, I'm struggling. Now look, Montfriez, I had up there. I thought he was uh, he was very dangerous up forward. And you know, as I said earlier in the podcast, you know, he, he just seems to always bob up when we're struggling and, and kick a couple of important goals. I thought uh, Chatty Wingard was great, and you know, once again, just like in 2013, he just hits his average every week. You know, 20 touches and a couple of goals, and it's great to see him in this sort of form. And it, hopefully, he does get recognised um, for higher honours again this year because I think he deserves it this year. Um, and look, I thought Travis Boak was good, especially in the first half. I thought he had a he had a very good first half, and you know was certainly trying his best um, and his hardest to sort of help get us over the line.
1: Yeah, I, I liked uh, Momfries and uh, Chad's Chad's game. I think Angus gets a bit um, maligned uh, too quickly by some of the supporters. Um, uh, the typical forward half forward sort of syndrome, but uh, to me, Travis has been a bit like Hamish Hartlett. This year, he's been getting a, a bit of the ball, but what's he really doing with it? That's how I feel, anyway. I,
0: th- I think both... inside work, you go, Chris.
1: Yeah,
2: sorry. I think I was just going to say his inside work. He, I think he's working harder than Hartlett. I think um, he might not be as effective as what he was uh, when he's at his best, but I think he's still, you know, he's still trying, still working hard. Whereas I don't know if I could say the same about Hamish. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think and his
0: inside work has been great this year, Travis spoke, but he isn't getting the quality of outside possession that he was getting in years gone by. And look, I think that's down to the fact that um, the teams are seriously putting a, a super hard tag on him, um, and he has minimal support at the stoppages at the moment. I mean, there's you know, there's no sort of breakaway clearances for Travis spoke at the moment, and you know, we lack that sort of big body mid that can um, you know that can sort of block people and, and make some space for him. And look, wine's back in the side. Um, you know, he was very good yesterday. And hopefully he can help with that. And, you know, if Andrew Moore can stay fit and not do anything silly and uh, and keep performing well in the NFL, then he'll get his chance. And we know how good he is at, uh, at doing those sort of blocks and Shepherds.
1: Well, what do you guys think about the coaches? What's going on there? Do they well, need it's to take to stock? I of- mean,
0: it's, it's hard to know if it's game plan. It's hard to know if it's, you know... Have we sort of overdone the pre-season? Are are the players a little bit cooked at the moment? Are they struggling to run? Is that the problem? Or are they unfit? Is that the problem? I mean, there could be five or six different issues for for the reasons for why we're struggling. It's just hard to pinpoint which one is actually the correct one or not. But look, I think it's clear that our midfield structures aren't as good as what they were last year. The midfield isn't running as hard as what they were last year. And certainly our forward line is struggling um, in terms of structure as well.
1: So, are you laying some of the blame with the coaches?
0: I think it's all of the above. I think some of it's coaching. I think maybe they took it a little bit easy. I think maybe they may have uh, over tinkered with the game plan a little bit, thinking that um, you know some things needed to change, which probably in the end didn't really need changing. I think some of it's um, the preseason and the fitness, and some of it's mental. I think there's definitely a mental side of it. You know, we had Pinkley you know refused to coach or not refused to coach but sort of stepped down from coaching in the preseason, and you know was sitting on the sidelines with his arms crossed and his sunglasses on and you know maybe that um you know maybe that sort of image wasn't uh, wasn't all that great
1: yeah um hitchy's just messaged me again on facebook he, he's getting a bit tired of the uh Um, the negativity on the boards. Um, I can't read the rest of the message. Sorry, uh, Graham. I'll uh, hang up on the phone. But uh, it's, um, I guess, our form is a little bit symptomatic of the pre-season, isn't it? Because the worrying sign for me in the pre-season was there was minimal transition play and we had a stagnant game plan where we were just seeming to bomb down the line and we didn't really give a crap about the pre-season games. And unfortunately, that seems to have um, been brought through into the season in general. Whereas if we compare it to the previous two pre-seasons, we came out with full of run and aggression and an attacking game plan, and then that uh, transcended through into the uh, home and away season. So uh, maybe there is a bit of a mindset thing there. I I don't know. I think you guys have been a bit critical on the uh, Hinkley uh, with the Sonny sitting on the on the side, I think he was there just sort of, you know, giving Nick's a bit of uh bit of uh, control and coaching license, and he was there uh, just sitting back watching the watching the team and uh, and seeing how the boys perform. So, I think that might be a bit, little bit too deep into it. But uh, I think the coaches uh, need to have a bit of accountability here, uh, as you said, Maka, with the stats earlier. We're we're getting enough of the ball and we're doing the the hard thing. So. Um, all I can keep thinking is uh, our game plan needs tweaking and needs adjusting, and uh, and then hopefully it might be right from there.
2: What are your thoughts, Chris? I think it's all Michael Voss's fault. Hashtag sack Voss <laughs> No, I th- I think um I think coming out of the preseason, it's just it's that that lackadaisical play that we've had is just sort of seemed to stuck, and we haven't um, haven't shaken that. Um, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what they've really changed it just, it's just something's not right and something smells and, and uh, it's like we've uh, been playing plan B rather than plan A it's, it's not the same uh, it's just not quite, quite right compared to how we had it last year and I, I don't know whether that's players as much as it is coaching but um,
1: yeah, I don't know something's not quite right Do you know what I would like and I'm a big What's fan that? of? diagonal kicks we diagonal don't seem kicks. to be we don't seem to be doing many diagonal forward kicks we're either going straight down the line or straight across so we're doing the rectangle rather than kicking a triangle and the reason i say that is because obviously diagonal kicks are always good for square zones and uh, and finding gaps within those zones and I know it sounds a bit silly, but we don't—we're not really doing a lot of those sort of forward diagonal forty-five-degree kicks to try and find space. And I'd—I'd um, I'd really like to see the the coaches sort of implore the players to do that, and uh, and uh, hopefully that might help sort of break through this uh, this deep zone that we're we're having to encounter on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. I'd like to also see us handball the rhombus or even a dodecahedron every now and then as well. <laughs>
1: It's called triangulation,
0: (laughs) No, you've raised a very good point there. We do sort of seem to go either straight forward or or straight across and, yeah, very minimal sort of um, working the lines, I guess, you'd you'd have to say. Obviously, it was Kane Corn's farewell game as well. It was great to see pretty much all the crowd stay to the end and and, and, uh, clap and cheer him off. I thought that was fantastic. and. Look, this was this was almost going to be my hate was the fact that he was just about best on ground again in his last game. He he kept Trent Cochin to just the the 17 touches. I think he only had six touches at halftime, which was a great performance for Kane. Um, you know, keeping one of uh, one of the form players in the competition this year um, to absolutely minimal influence once again.
2: Yeah, he's a champion, and uh, we are going to miss him. Um, it's a pity he's had to go now, but it is what it is. So. Uh... No, we're gonna gonna have to see who can fill in that spot, and I don't know who we've got that can I mean that's probably a discussion for another time, but but to uh i mean he, he he's i know he's saying he he knew he was his time was coming to an end but I mean, this week was uh he was as good as he ever has been I think so
0: yeah no, uh certainly left in style that's for sure
1: absolutely, and I would yeah. tell you what what a build up though. Um, I made a comment about the the build up for Kane. It was like Kane all week. It was amazing how much uh, love he actually got, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a fitting farewell for outside of the win. I thought the supporters were great, and and well done to Richmond as well, even though I hate them uh, for queuing up at the end there and, and giving him recognition. And Lady and Damien Hardwick gave him a bit of a hug and a slap, so they obviously remember their. Uh, uh, teammates from uh, years gone by, and uh, yeah, look, we didn't get the chocolates for him, but uh, he—I'm uh, with you—he had a great game, and uh, at least he can go out uh, holding his head high. And uh, now it's on to the boys, where Brad Ebert reckons they're going to share the load um, in trying to replace him, and uh, and probably Brad Ebert's another one that's sort of flying a bit under the radar at the moment. We're not noticing his line line breaking running that we were from the last two seasons
0: yep that's true Mm. very true look Portia uh, has tweeted in and said yep Vossi's fault Uh, hashtag hangaranga
2: (laughs) 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 that takes out Lovie as well so that's a. a it does (laughs) that's it
1: well isn't uh, Adam Greaves a ranger too
2: he is yep
0: suddenly we've got half a side here and we're struggling
1: Yeah, we're we're in trouble.
0: (laughs) That's it. Well, look, we're currently sitting in 13th spot, not where we wanted to be at the start of the season. We've won three, we've lost five, pretty poor percentage of 86%. Can we turn this around? Can we make the finals? Can we impact in the finals?
1: Yes.
2: Yes, yes, and maybe... Like I will. Look, we're only a
0: game in percentage out of the eight at the moment. It's still very early days. And look, I don't think the uh, the top eight's set by any stretch of the imagination. I expect West Coast to drop down the ladder. I expect Greater Western Sydney to drop down the ladder. Collingwood as well, possibly Adelaide, possibly Richmond as well. I think the only two teams that are probably assured of a top four spot at the moment are Frio and Sydney. I think it's going to be hard to knock them off the top two. Um, but look, I mean, Hawthorne are struggling at the moment as well. Um, you know, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide... I mean, there's still going to be plenty of spots available in the finals if we're good enough to make it.
1: It's an anomaly of the draw. We've had teams which have had very, very soft draws and teams like us and Hawthorne that have had extremely difficult draws, and rightly so. uh, You know, a couple of the best-performing teams there. So, um, yeah, it's weird. We really need... And then it's not even going to be subjective then because we actually play a couple of teams I think like the Bulldogs uh, before we actually play uh, twice before we play a team for the first time so yeah it's well I guess we need to just start winning don't we and otherwise it's going to be one of those seasons where we're a mathematical chance to make the finals and And anything's still possible. So, uh, yeah, and we've shown, and as I said it last week, we've we've had runs of games in the last two years where we've strung good games in sequence together. So we just don't want to be so far behind the pack, sort of like what Richmond did last year, um, that uh, we're just sort of out of uh, contention. But you never know. Footy's a funny game and we've... We've got a reasonably skilled side. We just need to make a few adjustments.
0: That's it. I think we can definitely turn it around. I think top four's probably gone. I think you look at history and generally top four teams, you can only afford to lose six games, which means we've got uh, one left in hand if we want to make top four, which is looking very, very doubtful at the moment. But look, I think uh, top eight is definitely still on the cards. I think we'll probably still make the finals. Whether we can impact when we actually do make the finals, um, I mean, that's just up in the air. I mean, who expected us to beat Collingwood away in uh, 2013? Who expected us to beat Freo away last year? Uh, so anything can happen when you're there. Um, obviously, it, it won't be the result that we were hoping for pre-season, but I don't know. I guess um, if we do sort of make the eight and you know go out in an in a elimination final or a semi-final, how do we see that sort of season?
1: I'd be happy to make
2: finals. Happy to make the finals, but I think uh, if we don't, well, I still think we should be aiming for a prelim if we can finish. Boys, fifth, fifth or sixth. Boys, seventh, have right.
1: Haven't you listened to anything? We'll rein in the expectations and <laughs> stop. I think we all just need to stop having the expectations of finals, and uh, I think we just need to uh, focus on one game at a time. No, you're right, and maybe. And potentially we should just draw a line in the sand and uh, and see where it goes from there. I
0: like Another it. Another line in the that's, sand. Uh, that's just about I'm... every cliche in the book
2: there, Rick. I love it. One game at a time.
1: <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I, I've, I'm i not even thinking about finals anymore because <laughs> I will get disappointed. And, and uh, so I'm not even going to have an expectation of making finals. And... I'm just going to come, go into games just looking at an expectation of improved performance. So this week I wanted to see us um, have a much stronger game plan against another uber defensive side and see how we uh, can get around that. And even if we don't win, uh, I just want to make sure that we have a very competitive game and, and at, at least that way we look like we're on the an upward trajectory. That, I think that's the most important thing for us to just look at for this week onwards.
0: I think a win this week would certainly get us back on track, and you know who knows what will happen from there.
1: Absolutely. Just quickly
0: before we uh, before we sign off, was the Hawthorne versus Sydney game the game of the year so far? I
2: it was really awesome. Saw half of it, so um, I didn't catch the whole
1: game, but uh, may have been. Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was a great game, and it was great to watch Hawthorne and have a bit of a choke there in key moments. Um, yeah, you know, so well done to, uh, to Sydney with Tippett and Franklin, not really having that much influence in the game either, but, um, yeah, it was a cracker and, uh, I just get frustrated at the Cyril loving it's uh, it just gets over the top sometimes.
0: No, for me, it was probably the game of the year as well. I mean, what a fantastic finish and, you know, it was great to see Sydney get over the line and it certainly didn't look like it was going to go that way with a couple of minutes left when, uh. When Hawthorne uh, were 12 points up, but you know they uh, they work hard Sydney and they well
1: deserved good, that win. How good was McVeigh at the end there? That his last quarter.
0: Turn back the clock, mate. That was uh, that was a vintage Luke McVeigh. Uh, sorry, Jared McVeigh performance.
1: And even uh, Adam Goods. I know I know a lot of the Port supporters don't like him, but uh, I tell you what, I would have been happy if Adam Goods played. Uh, a career for us because he, he's a great player oh, yeah. and uh, he he turned back the the clock as well and uh, and not only that there was a bit of physicality from uh, Hawthorne and uh, and Adam was uh, Adam was there flying the flag for his teammate so um, probably an example uh, that he could uh, show some of our boys.
0: No doubt. Well, lads, we might uh, sign off there and call it a night. Cool.
1: I awesome. Chris, thanks upwards. for coming
0: on, buddy.
2: Thanks for having me. Sorry I uh, can't add any positivity to this
1: dreadful <laughs> Yes, week. you
2: can. Dreadful Macca, week.
1: where's the iTunes feed? Hurry up, Macca. <laughs> yeah, come on. Crying out loud.
2: Have you loaded it up yet?
0: I have. It's ready to go. <laughs> it's there. Rick, no as always, buddy.
1: Power! Power! To Power! Play. Up go the Umbrellas.
2: Clifford's fifth kick, oh, a towering torpedo putt, that's a massive kick, oh, what a kick, The goal, second,
1: bust a goal, 65 metres, and Port Adelaide move to 3-5 to the base goal.